This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. Thanks for being with us today. We are going to take a little break from talking about COVID-19. We will talk about it a little bit more in the final hour of the program, but there is some other news out there today. And one of the stories has to do with some big changes coming to the BC Securities Act. They were introduced in the fall. We now know they will officially be coming into effect on March 27th. So what does this mean for the BC Securities Act? We are joined on the line now by Peter Brady, Executive Director at the BC Securities Commission. Thanks so much for taking some time with us today. It's a pleasure to be here. What are the biggest changes? Because there were a few things that that we knew the government was bringing in as far as changing the rules, tightening the rules. What, in your mind, is the biggest change? Well, one of the most uh, prominent changes, although there are many, is uh, major improvements to our ability to collect money from wrongdoers and return funds to victims when assets are available. And so it changes, one of the changes that I'd looked at too, so it changes the the limit on penalties. It used to be 15 years. Was that something that that was coming into, that was an issue? Yes, absolutely. So um, the BCSE has a number of uh, unpaid fines, but uh, we're unable to go after them because the limitation period on those fines has expired. Under these changes, there's going to be no limitation period on the sanctions that the BCSE issues. Meaning anything that's happened at any point, if somebody says this was a wrongdoing or it's been proven to be a wrongdoing, is fair game? From this point forward, that's right. So instead of after, you know, six years or, sorry, 10 or 15 years, the uh, the penalty has expired, we can now um, go and collect forever. But this is going forward. This doesn't apply to everything that's happened in the past, but going forward, we'll be able to collect those penalties forever. And what about how people used to get around the penalties? Or, I mean, if somebody has done something shady, they're probably going to do something else shady to try and get away with it. Those things involving transferring property to somebody else, whether it's a relative, whether it's a spouse, a husband or a wife, putting them in somebody else's names. Does this crack down on that? Absolutely. So this is one of the areas where BC is going to have some of the strongest powers in Canada. So under these uh, new legislative amendments, we are going to be able to collect money from people who transfer it under value to family members or third parties. And nobody else in Canada has that ability yet. So why is that? Do you think that nobody else has gone down that route? Well, I think it's partly a reflection of our government's focus on white-collar crime. So uh, when they formed government, they asked us and said, what, what are some of the things that we could do to, to crack down on white-collar crime? And this is certainly one of the uh, things that we, we discussed with them. And is it because we have so much white-collar crime in B.C.? Well, we, uh, unfortunately, there's securities violations um, across Canada, and um, But this is really our government being creative and uh, looking at some of the challenges that we face when assets have been, um, you know, hidden. And this uh, really is a proactive step that allows us to get money that's that's gone to a family member or a third party under value. Uh, this uh, kind of was put into the spotlight. There was a post-media news investigation that looked at this and they publicized and published the fact that I think it was half a billion dollars in penalties had not been collected. Why did it take so long to get government attention, do you think, or to get attention to this matter that there was so much money out there that people were being caught, they were being penalized, but then nothing was happening? 
So the uh, the BCSC's uh, collections records, no secret, it's been out there for a long time, and there's been actually quite a bit of news coverage of that uh, over the years. Um, and actually, the half a billion, a large portion of that will never be collected. The limitation period is old, it's expired. We're talking about people that are in jail, um, often in another country. They're making, paying under criminal restitution orders. So um, half a billion is, is not quite the, uh, the real amount that's outstanding. But, uh, you know, this government came in with a priority on uh, white-collar crime, and uh, they have given us some proactive tools to address the approximately 150 million that is outstanding. Uh, one of the other changes I understand too is uh, being able to seize money from registered retirement savings plans. Uh, do you think that will make a difference? Absolutely. Um, currently, uh, registered plans are exempt from seizure under the laws of most uh, provinces. And uh, sometimes these fraudsters have assets there, and I think it's frustrating for victims that uh, they've been defrauded, and yet the fraudster still has their retirement account intact. So uh, we certainly will be looking at uh, all of our outstanding files where there's money owing and searching for, for registered plans so that we can return it to victims. Is that a big portion of it, though? I'm just thinking because it's uh, regulated on how much money you can even put into these plans. So is that somewhere that's very common for fraudsters to save their money? Well, some of these people have been uh, saving over a lifetime. Uh, maybe they've made some money in the market and uh, they can have substantial sums of money um, saved in their retirement plans. And, you know, part of this is it's very hard to return money. Most of the time, the money is gone. It's not even available. But I think what's often important for investors is that we get whatever there is. Whatever we can get, we try to get it, and we try to give it back to the investors. Absolutely. Uh, who are, I mean, is there a profile of the fraudster? Is it people who are opposing as investment advisors? Is it people who are duping people by lying to them? Who is it that's doing this? You know, there is no real standard uh, profile. Um, and, uh, you know, there's some people that for, for whatever reason, they just, their conscience doesn't bother them and they are willing to lie to get money. And uh, we, we can't profile people that way. I would say, though, that, um, you know, there is, there is a large portion of, of fraudsters in, uh, in the outstanding penalties, but um, some of it is actually industry um, people or companies as well. So it's actually um, a large, it's, there's a different, um, you know, spectrum of people that the BCSC um, actually regulates. And one other thing I wanted to ask you about, uh, it expands uh, the powers that the BCSC has to investigate and to obtain information, be it from people in other areas. Uh, was that something that was missing before? Yeah, absolutely. So um, the uh, I, I think you're referring to the, the criminal investigation powers. And um, so currently, when we go to investigate a potential breach of the Securities Act criminally, and there's a huge appetite out there for us to do that, we don't have the same powers that um, exists under the criminal code to go and get documents from places like banks or financial institutions. And, you know, often, given the kind of uh, prosecutions we do, if you can't get the financial records, you cannot prove the case. So we, we hope these new powers will help us to prosecute the Securities Act. So if it's a criminal case, then, do police not also get involved? Uh, police uh, sometimes do get involved. And, um, you know, we work very cooperatively with uh, Vancouver Police, 
RCMP and other police agencies across the province. But does this give the BCSC then more power in that you wouldn't, where a, where a police force would have had those powers in the past and you maybe were relying on them in those scenarios, you don't need to anymore? Oh, so, um, yeah, now, now the BCSC is able to use these powers in relation to Securities Act investigations, and, um, but we can also investigate uh, securities-related criminal code offences and use the powers in the criminal code. So, um, and so we, we now have what, uh, what we've always had in criminal code investigations. Now we can use them in Securities Act investigations. It's not really a matter of, you know, BC or BCSC or police, um, you know, not having powers. All right. And one other uh, quick question, whistleblowers. I understand there is better protection as well uh, for whistleblowers now. Uh, That's right. So the Act basically provides the framework for us to adopt a whistleblower program. And that means that um, if somebody comes forward with um, information that we can use in one of our investigations or prosecutions, then the, the legislation protects that person from retaliation. And with some of the cases we do, it's really, really important for us to have information from somebody on the inside who actually saw what was happening. So we think that with these whistleblower protections, that more people will be able to come forward and give us the information we need to crack down on white-collar crime. All right. uh, We will leave it there. Peter Brady, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you very much. All right. uh, Peter Brady is the Executive Director at the BC Securities Commission. Again, those new rules uh, introduced, they will be officially in place on March 27th.